Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey, Stevens Creek. Patty and I are in Israel today, and first of all, I want to say thank you. Several years ago, uh, you graciously gave us a gift to, to travel to Israel, and it has truly been a time of a lifetime for us. And when we first got to the hotel, uh, we did like all of you. We put our stuff down, turned on the television, and the moment I turned on the television, I turned it on to Daystar Television, and I watched Marcus and Joni Lamb and share with uh, his audience about Marcus preaching at Stevens Creek Church. And so today it's my honor uh, to welcome Marcus Lamb uh, to our stage. Uh, His story is quite incredible from his early days at Lincoln University to what he's done now uh, is truly changing the world. And so it's my great privilege to welcome Marcus Lamb to Stevens Creek Church. It is great to be with you today. God bless you. I love your pastor, Dr. Marty Baker, one of the greatest pastors in all of the world. He really is. A learned man, anybody that has an earned doctorate, that shows you he's smart. And that shows you that he is informed. He is disciplined. And he has applied himself so he can be a better uh, minister and more able to serve you and serve the Lord. Well, I want to show you a picture of my family. My wife, Joni, is back in Dallas. She did watch the first service live online. And she sent me two critiques and said, don't say this. In the second service. So, Joni, I was a good, obedient husband. And I listened to you. Husbands, the Bible says to love your wives, but I think they should add in there. Somebody should get a pen and write in there. Husbands, listen to your wives. Don't just love them. Let me show you a picture of our family. There they all are. Uh, So, my son... Our oldest, Jonathan, he is here in the service. Jonathan, you stand up, let everybody see you. He and I are going to be playing Augusta National this afternoon and tomorrow. Somebody just has to do that, I guess, and we get to do it. Can I go back to that picture? And uh, then our uh, oldest daughter, the blonde on the far end, she married. Well, so back to Jonathan. So you see the exotic beauty. That is Susie. She was born and raised in India. And then the blonde, our oldest daughter, with a tall fellow there, he was born and raised in Australia, and he is a part of Planet Shakers. Anybody ever heard of Planet Shakers? He's one of the keyboardists, and he's the chief marketing officer. And then Daddy's baby, the beautiful brunette, she just married this young man named Jonathan Weiss, who used to live in Israel, who speaks Hebrew and is a... Born-again, spirit-filled, messianic believer. So we have a heart 
for the world. And then the little two cuties, there they are. That's Israel. Listen to this name of destiny. His name is Israel Elisha Lamb. That's a lot to live up to. Y'all should pray for him. A little, that's a lot to put on a little fella. And this is his sidekick. Every superhero needs a sidekick. And uh, you see, she didn't have any shoes. Well, we couldn't afford any. No, I know you don't believe that. Uh, in Georgia, you learned that that's the way you dress little kids, especially for pictures. So her name is Ariel, and that is another name for Jerusalem. So we have a Jerusalem and an Israel. Is that neat or what? And speaking of Israel, we have somebody here today, Pastor Bron Barkley. I want Pastor Barkley to stand. He is a great man of God from Dallas, has an unlimited knowledge of Israel, and uh, he is going to be playing golf with us as well. All right, uh, just before I preach, I want to show you this video about Daystar. I realize that many of you are on Comcast. And you don't see Daystar. I'm going to say something about that. But to sell you on Daystar so you help me get on Comcast, watch this video, and then I'll be right back. We were on the Mount of Olives, and the still, small voice of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, go and build the first Christian TV station in the history of the state. Thank you for the work that you're doing because you're so sincere. You've really changed my life. Reflections. Let prayer and meditation lead your journey. Gospel Music Showcase. We have some incredible talent lined up. The Green Room. Get ready to be encouraged and have fun. Right here on The Green Room. Marcus Lamb. From churches all around the world, straight into your home. Joni Table Talk. Join the conversation, real life, relevant topics, and touching stories. I mean, I couldn't change my past. I could not choose what happened to me, but I could choose to change the future. Bringing a fresh word from today's top ministers and leaders. Christian television right now is all about Jesus. And we're giving the bread of life to hungry people. Showcasing live events and conferences happening all over the globe. This is the time to stand for God. This is the time to go for God. This is the time to cry out for more of God. Daystar is the first and only Christian television network to broadcast into the nation of Israel through cable and satellite providers, hot and yes. 
Daystar also launched a studio in Jerusalem overlooking the Mount of Olives to bring live programs direct from the Holy Land. God said, I'm going to do something special here. This is where I bring the Messiah. This is where he rises again. This is where the gospel goes forth. And with help from our partners, we've given up projects that are impacting Israeli lives, like Larger Than Life, Asaf Horofan Medical Center, St. Vincent Orphanage, and many more. With a heart to reach those in need, our partners have also given to those affected by natural disasters, helped victims of human trafficking, and supported multiple orphanages and ministry outreaches. Thank you for helping us! We are so proud to be on the Daystar Network. One thing about Christian television is it can go places that we might not ever be able to go. Because of the hand of God and support from our partners around the world, Daystar is breaking barriers and broadcasting into some of the most hostile and closed-off countries. Every yes to God is an open door to the impossible. Daystar, leading the way in reaching every person with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, to God be all the glory, really, all of it. He deserves it all. Now, it's pretty interesting. While Daystar is on in every country of the world, in every city in America, the only city of size that we're not on the main cable system is Augusta, Georgia. So I'm asking for your help. It won't cost you a thing. Here's how cable systems work. We need to get on Comcast, and we have a great relationship with Comcast. In fact, we are on 20-something million Comcast homes throughout the nation. So I don't know what's going on in Augusta, but here's how you can help. Every year, cable systems will raise your rates. And usually, though, when they do, they will add some channels to kind of make it more palatable for, and to justify the increase. When you send in your cable payment on, right on your bill, please add Daystar to our cable system. At the end of the year, the cable company will write down every one of those notes if you call or if you email, just like a ballot, like votes, and they will tally them, and they'll look at the ones that they got the most requests for. And if you do a good job, then you can expect that Daystar will be added to Comcast and Augusta. As I shared earlier with your great church, Stevens Creek, here's what's going to happen. There will be people in Augusta, Georgia, that will get saved because you helped get Daystar on your cable system. There will be suicides averted And there will be marriages that will be put back together. So would you help me do that? If you've got family or friends that have Comcast, would you ask them to do that? Go on social media and do that. Just be nice. But the customer is always right. In business, that's what they teach you. So you will and can make a difference. If you have your Bibles today or your smartphones, please turn in the New Testament to the book of Mark, chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. 
Now, I preach out of the New King James Version. But today, for a specific reason, I want to use the King James Version. I know we don't use it a lot today because it was written during the time of Shakespeare. So it uses Shakespearean English and thee and thou and ye. And I mean, we just don't talk like that, do we? But there's something special about how this was written. And I want you to see it on the screen. And the same day when the evening, which means evening. See why we don't use the King James? Who knows what even is? It means evening. When the evening was come, he, who is the he? Jesus, saith unto them, let us pass over onto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm. Somebody say great storm. It was a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder, which is the back part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and they say unto him, Master, say that word, please, Master. And that's why I'm using this version because it says, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And what happens when Jesus speaks? And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And then finally, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What? Manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him. I'm speaking for just about 20 minutes on the subject going through the storm, going through the storm. I wonder today what kind of storm that you're in or what kind of storm you've just gone through. Is it major sickness or illness Have you lost your job? Are you facing financial difficulties? Is there trouble in paradise with your marriage? Are you having problems with your kids or maybe even a legal challenge? What about young people? Maybe it's a problem with a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Bad things can happen to good people. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's other people's fault. Sometimes it's the devil's fault. Now, I know Flip Wilson, for you old timers, remember, he used to say, the devil made me do it. Well, sometimes we blame some things on the devil's, not even his fault. It's our fault. And then there are times when there are naturally occurring events like a storm that is nobody's fault. You see, Jesus never promised that the Christian life would be a bed of roses. And even so, sometimes with the roses, what comes along with them? Thorns. So bad things can happen to good people. So what does the Bible say about that? 
Psalms 30 and 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalms 126 and 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. John 16, 33, in this world you will have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Romans 12 and 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. James 1 verses 2 and 3, count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of trials and tribulations. 2 Timothy 1 and 12, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able. Somebody say he's able. He is able to keep those things which I have committed unto him against that day. Second Timothy 3 and 12. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. First Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, think it not strange or unusual concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing has happened. In other words, when you get attacked, when you get hit, when you go through a storm, you're not the only one. It's not unique. You're not the only person that has ever been through that situation. Others have made it through and so will you. But the Bible says rather rejoice. In that you have been made partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding great joy. God doesn't cause the storm, but sometimes God allows the storm. Why? Why would a loving God allow a storm? Here's some reasons. Because storms can build character. They can make you bitter or they can make you better. They can develop in you an attitude of gratitude. They teach you how to learn to depend on God. Storms can cause you to look back on past victories and revisit the lessons you've learned so you'll know how to deal with the next storm. Storms are tests. Storms are Test, say that test. You can't have a testimony without a test. So if you're in a storm right now, I want you to get ready to rejoice because all it means is God is getting you ready for a great testimony. Genesis 15 and 20 says, What the devil meant for bad, God will turn for your good. What do testimonies do? They bring glory to God. They encourage other believers and they discourage the devil. How many want to discourage the devil? Well, share your testimony of the goodness of God. And a storm can happen unexpectedly or suddenly. But thank God for the suddenlies of God. Acts 2 and 2 says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Sometimes when we're in a storm, we need a sound from heaven. We need a word from God. We need to hear from the Lord himself when we're in a storm. And if you listen, he will speak. And remember this, storms are not permanent. Say that storms are not permanent.
There is a scriptural principle, it's not a scripture, but it is a biblical principle that says, and these two will, and this too will pass. So whatever storm you're in, it's not permanent. It's not forever. It's not going to last the rest of your life. It's only but a moment. Now write this down. Point number one of the sermon going through a storm. Point number one is Jesus is in your storm. Notice that the text from Mark four, it said Jesus was on board the boat when the storm arose that the disciples were in. He was there in the storm. When you get that prognosis from a doctor, I'm sorry to inform you, but you've got cancer and you've only got six months to live. Jesus is right there. And ladies and gentlemen, it didn't catch him off guard because the Bible says in Isaiah 46 and 10, he who knows the beginning, that knows the end from the beginning. He already knew it before the dawn of creation's morning. He knows everything about you. He's not caught off guard. You may be caught off guard, but God is not caught off guard. So he's on the boat. He's there in the storm. And then it says he was asleep. Pastor Barkley, to me, that speaks of his humanity. You know, if he was just God and not man, then how could I relate? How do you relate to a God that knows all things, that has all power, who is everywhere, who has no beginning or end? How do you relate to a God like that? But we studied in systematic theology about the kenotic theory or kenosis. What that simply is, it's a hundred dollar theological term that means that Jesus divested himself of his divine attributes when he came to this earth. In other words, Jesus said, okay, I'm going to lay aside my Superman God mantle and I'm going to take on my human mantle so I can understand what other humans feel, how they hurt, how they're in pain, when they're fearful, when they're tempted, when they are attacked. You say, is that in the Bible? Oh, yes, it is. Hebrews 4, 15 says, for we have not a high priest who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He got tired. He got sleepy. That's why he was asleep. The Bible said he thirsted. The Bible said he hungered. He was tempted by Satan. Satan looked at him when he was on top of a high hill. And he said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down from this high pinnacle and save yourself. He tried to tempt him by questioning his divinity. So Jesus had to fast. Jesus had to pray. The Bible says Jesus went to the synagogue. He went to church. He studied the scriptures. He worshiped. He fellowshiped with other believers. Yet the scripture goes on to say he was tempted in all points, just like you and me, yet without sin. So ladies and gentlemen, you go to the Lord and you're tired or you're hurting or you're fearful or you're perplexed and you don't know what to do. He knows. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. He can minister to you with empathy and with compassion. And then I see he was in the hinder part of the boat or the ship. 
To me, that speaks of his humility. Jesus didn't have to be on the front row. He didn't seek to be celebrated or put all the attention on himself. He was happy to just be in the back of the boat, minding his own business. But if you're in a storm here, it's some good news. And boy, do I feel the Holy Spirit in this. When the devil has a plan to take you out, The good news is God has a plan to keep you in. For some of you this year, Satan has taken his best shot at you or his best shot at your family or your health or your finances or your business or your job. But the good news is you're still standing. I said, you're still standing. Somebody should clap your hands and praise the Lord. Fear is faith in reverse. Somebody said fear is false, an acronym, false evidence appearing real. Fear is faith in reverse. Now, this is going to shock some of you. Did you know, sir, that you can receive from the devil just like you can from God? You say, what in the, what, that sounds like heresy. Well, the Bible says in Job 3.25, Job himself, who was a righteous man, that God said, I find no fault in him. Job said, the thing that I have feared has come upon me. When the devil speaks lies to you and the devil puts fear in your mind, it's no sin to have a thought like that. It's no sin to even have an unclean thought. But it's when you dwell on those thoughts And you then begin to act on those thoughts. And there are people that are bound by fear. And they say, whoa, it's me. The devil's been attacking me. I heard this one time when I was a little boy. uh, And I forgot to tell you this. I was born in Cordell, Georgia. The watermelon capital of the world. Can you believe it? I was raised in nearby Macon and used to live in Atlanta. Of course, I've been in Dallas now for the last 28 years. But I'd hear people get up and testify and they'd say, I'm going through such a hard time. I'm going through such a difficulty. The devil has been on my back all week long. Bless his sweet holy name. But the emphasis should be on the truth. Not on the now, the suffering, the storm, the problem, but I'm going through. He's not going to leave me in the storm. He's not going to leave me in the lion's den or the fiery furnace or the wilderness or the Philippian jail. But he's promised he's going to bring me through and he's going to be with me all the way through to the other side. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Brother Marcus, you're preaching good in Augusta, Georgia. Keep it up, son. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So I was just encouraging myself in the Lord. What else? Here's some good news. Did you know that 90% of the things that you worry about or you fear never happen? 90% of the things that Satan assails you with bringing that fear What does God's word say about it? Second Timothy one and seven for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First John four 18. There is no fear in love because fear has a torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Psalms 91 and five Psalms 91 and five. You shall not be afraid. 
of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Isaiah 26 and 3, I know, O Lord, you will keep their minds in perfect peace that are stayed upon you because they trust in you. Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to throw in something for free. It's not even in my notes. When the devil puts a bad thought in your mind, whether it's doubt, fear, unbelief, maybe it's an impure sexual thought, a worry, whatever it is, you cancel that thought out by replacing it with something else. God has made our minds so that we can only think of one thing at one time. So when the devil begins to lie, replace it with the truth. Quote a scripture. Say the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Begin to sing one of the praise and worship songs from Stephen's Creek. And when you do that, you'll see the devil will be defeated in your mind. Point number two, write this down. Not only is Jesus in your storm, Jesus is the master of your storm. In that verse, and this is why I chose the King James Version for this text. When the storm came on the Sea of Galilee, let's put this in perspective. This wasn't the first storm that the disciples had ever been through. Most of the disciples were professional fishermen. And they knew that storms could suddenly arise in Galilee. No doubt they had faced life-threatening storms before, but there must have been something different about this one. Pastor Barkley, they didn't run to Jesus and say, Oh, Rabbi, or great teacher, because they didn't need Jesus to get up and teach or to give a Bible lesson, but they addressed him in what they needed. They said, Oh, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And what does the word Master mean? It means one that's in control. So they knew how to address him, Master. And they said, Care, do you not care that we perish? Yet first Peter five and seven says, casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. I came all the way from Dallas, Texas to tell you he's the master of every situation. He's even the master over disaster. What about the word of God that talks about his mastery? Isaiah 43, 13 before the day was, I am he, I will work. And who shall let it? Nahum 1 and 3, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power. He will not at all acquit the wicked. For the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds, they are the dust of his feet. Nahum 1 and 4, he rebukes the sea and makes it dry. Habakkuk 3 and 6, he stood... And measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations. The everlasting mountains did scatter. And the perpetual hills did bow. Why? Because his ways are everlasting. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28 and 18, all power. Somebody say all power. All power is given unto me both in heaven and in earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that if Jesus says he has all power, 
that doesn't leave much power left over for the devil. And I know some people have tried to relegate Jesus to just being the God of the heavens. And they are saying, Jesus, that Satan is the God of this world. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, all power in heaven and in earth. Jesus is still the master of this earth. Would you praise the Lord? Hallelujah. I'm preaching good in Augusta, Georgia today. Acts 1038, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The first verse I ever learned was as a five-year-old boy in Sunday school in Macon, Georgia, in Sister Eula May PB Sunday school class. And here it went, Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me throw another theological term. We learned about kenosis. Now let's learn about immutability. Sounds like a disease or something, doesn't it? But immutability means God cannot change. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God declared in Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord your God, I change not. And if he's immutable and he cannot change, you know what that says to me? That says to me, and it should say to you, if he's ever answered your prayer, he can answer it again. If he's ever met your need, Lord, do it one more time. If he's ever healed your body, if he's ever met your finances, If he's ever solved your problem, he has not changed and he can still do it again. Somebody shout, do it again, Lord. Finally, point number three. So Jesus is in your storm. Point number one, Jesus is the master of your storm. Point number three, two, and point number three, write this down. Jesus will bring you through your storm. Can somebody say through Jesus is the word John one and one and continuing in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life And the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for to bear witness of the light, but he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That is the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of man, nor of flesh, but of God. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. My favorite New Testament verse. And I'm almost through. Psalms 91 15. And he shall call upon me. And I will answer him. 
I will be with him in times of trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Psalms 107 and 20. So then he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. Numbers 23, 19. Behold, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Isaiah 55 and 11. And so shall be my word which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. But it will accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper in the thing wherein to I have sent it. My Joni's favorite verse. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Now look at me right quick. Have you ever even thought about. That God thinks about you. You're on God's mind. He thinks good things about you. Sometimes we feel like God hates us. He's against us. Or God lives 10 million miles away. And he's not involved in our lives. He's thinking about you. And he's only thinking good things. He's only thinking good thoughts. He's thinking what he wants to do. The great plan and destiny that he has for your life. Romans 4, 20, 21. For he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform it. Now, here's the end. Jesus stood up in the middle of that storm. And I say to you today, Jesus can and he will stand up in the middle of your storm, no matter what it is, if it's cancer, if it's heart disease, if it's divorce, if it's financial difficulties, whatever it is, Jesus can stand up in the midst of your storm and he can say, peace, Be still because he's the master of the storm. I want you to stand. Would you stand today? We're going to take just a moment. Then I'll turn it back to Pastor JT. But you know what? I don't ever want to come and preach and not bring people to a conclusion. Not give people an opportunity to receive from God. So I'm not here on a preaching contest. I'm sure there's others more able than me. But I have delivered not a sermon, but a message from God for you today. And you know, it's amazing to me how we as Christians can sometimes be fakes and phonies and frauds. You say, are you saying that about me, Marcus Lamb? Well, only you know if it's true, but let's consider this. We'll get ourselves all fixed up for church, our best outfit, spend all the time on our hair and our face and every other part of us. And then no matter what kind of hell that we've been through through the week, we'll come into church smiling, pretending, putting on a Christian persona. Then it gets even worse. Because when somebody comes up to us, even in the church, and they say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And all you're doing is lying through your teeth. And I'm not trying to condemn you or make you feel bad. But I'm saying we've got to become honest 
with others and with ourselves. And if we don't, we're never going to get the help we need. And in a church, these are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The church is the sanctuary. What's the sanctuary where you can be safe, where you can feel protected. And you're in your father's house where you can share anything with your father. He won't condemn you. He won't judge you. He won't be mad at you. But he'll say, I understand, son. I understand, daughter. And I'm here to speak life in the midst of the storm. So today we're going to do this. Lifting your hands is the universal sign of surrender all over the world. Kids will play cops and robbers. They'll stick out an imaginary gun. They'll say, stick them up, stick them up. And when you do that, what are you saying? You're saying, I give up, I surrender. Well, we need to do that with God. And we need to surrender what we're going through. Our junk, our trash, our problems, our habits, our bondages. We need to leave them with the Lord. We shouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed to share them with a godly friend. We need one another. Bear one another's burdens. Pray one for another. Some of you get nervous and say, is he going to have a confession service? No, I'm not going to do that. But we should be willing to find some trusted Christian friend and say, hey, I'm going through something right now. I just wanted to share it with you in confidence. I want you to pray with me. I want you to believe with me. I want you to have compassion with me. You'll be amazed at how God will use that. And here's the neat thing. The Bible says that if you pray one for another, you're going to be healed. In other words, when you take the focus off of yourself, your problems, your difficulties, your situations, there's always somebody going through something worse than you're going through. Somebody going through a hotter fire or a bigger attack or a larger storm than you are. And when you start having compassion and empathy for others and praying for them and focusing on them, some wonderful way, God looks at that and says, I'm going to heal my son or daughter because they're not focusing on themselves, but they're focusing on others. So would you lift your hands right now all over this building, every visitor, every friend, every church member, lift your hands to God. It not only says, I surrender or I give up, oh God, but when you lift your hands, you're saying, that's the direction from where my help comes from. David said, I will look into the heavens from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Close your eyes and open your heart and just begin to talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord what the storm is. What's the name of your storm? What's the situation of your storm? Just tell the Lord about it. Lord, you know what I'm going through. You know what I'm facing. You know the fight that I'm in. It's the fight of my life. The fight for my marriage. The fight for my children. The fight for my health. The fight for my finances. Oh, God, I need to hear from you today. I'm in the storm. The wind is blowing. The waves are flailing all around me. The ship is full. It's about to sink. I need you, Lord, to rise up in the midst of my storm. And say, peace be still. Did you tell the Lord about it? Did you give it to him? Say, Lord, I'm giving it to you today. Here on Sunday at Stevens Creek Church in Augusta, Georgia. I'm giving it to you. Lord, I surrender. I surrender all. 
Remember that little hymn, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord. And hey, we know to take them to the Lord, but the other part is just as true. And leave them there. Don't take them home when you're laying in the bed tonight. You can't go to sleep because you're replaying the problem over and over and over like a computer that you can't turn the power off. Now, would you wave your hands and just stir up the Holy Spirit that's permeating this atmosphere today? Say, Lord, I thank you for your presence. Lord, I feel your love. I feel your power. I feel your Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm receiving my healing. I'm receiving my answer to prayer. You're going before me. I don't even know what all you're doing, God, but you're going to open a door I need open. You're going to give me favor, Lord, with the judge or with the banker, Lord, or with uh, my employer. Lord, I believe you're touching my spouse's heart. You're going to heal our marriage. Lord, you're going to bring my son or daughter back to our family, back to our home, and back to Christ and back to church. Now, thank him. Go, now, let's just end by thanking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest word of praise for man to God. Would you say that to God? Would you express it out of your heart? Why don't you say it out loud? God's not, he's not deaf, but he likes hearing from his children. Man, we'll get excited about the Georgia Bulldogs or the Atlanta Falcons. Let's get excited about the Lord. Can't we get excited about the goodness of God? I'm not ashamed of the Lord. I don't care what anybody thinks about how loud I holler or how long I wave my arms. I'm going to glorify his name, especially in his house. Now let the Holy Spirit just flow through you. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, let your prayer language begin to talk to the Father. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit language, in your prayer language, in your heavenly language, you're praying right before the throne room of God. And you're praying in the will of God. And the Holy Spirit pleads your case before the Father and the Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship Him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you give the Lord the biggest hand clap of praise you have all year? Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.